Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Today, um, <clears throat> we've been, uh, we're continuing uh, the question as to how, how do we respond to the presence of God? And, and how many felt during worship that there is such a tangible presence of God here right now? Amen. Amen. Do you know that um, <clears throat> the presence of God um, often it, it often comes in, and I'm not saying that's this is exclusively and only, but the presence of God comes in uh, because there is there are people who who uh, lift up His holy name. The Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. Correct. And so when we come together, Jesus even said it, said it. Whenever there are two or three gathered in My name, I'm in the midst. Right, And so we come into this moment, we come into this place where, hey, we're not surprised, we're not surprised that when we lift up, uh, lift up Jesus' name and we give Him praise and we give Him glory, that His presence turns up. Okay? And so if that's the case and we understand that that to be the case, then what happens here is that we are invited into this beautiful interaction of Lord, now what? <laughs> Hello? And so we have been asking this question about, uh, you know, how do we respond to the presence of God? You know, one, one response is that the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? You know, and, and I, th I think, you know, if, if we were to uh, experience the fullness of the power and the presence of God, uh, the thro a throne room kind of presence, so we're talking God in His absolute fullness, I think that you and I, would, 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 we, there would be nothing else than to bow. Hello? And I'm not talking a little curtsy. G'day, how you going, Jesus? Right? I'm talking a fall to the floor, graze your face, you can't get lower. Hello? That is what the presence of God would be like. How many know that in that moment and in that time, all pride would fall away? Hello? I mean, I, look, there's a topic of conversation at the moment and it's in the media that, you know, pride is something that's been celebrated. Well, pride used to be a sin. Pride, the issue is, I'm talking about here. <laughs> I mean, we can be proud of things, right? I'm proud of my kids. I'm, I'm proud of you as a church and, 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 and the effect that, that we're helping and assisting and serving the community in. But if we walk in pride... The Bible says that pride comes before the fall. <laughs> so A plus B really does equal C. You continue in pride, then <laughs> every knee shall bow, <laughs> fall. <laughs> Hello? Because you see, the Lord wants His church back. He wants your life. He wants to take your life, lift you up and work in and through you. Amen? So we're talking about how we respond to the presence of God and, and uh, you know, and not just what is appropriate, but certainly and most definitely what uh, is, uh, what, 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 how would the Lord want me to respond to His presence? And, and, and how, do we, how do we do that, right? And so, you know, we've been talking about barriers that might restrict us and uh, how, we, how we might um, uh, perhaps not gain everything that there is to gain when in the presence of God. Does anybody identify with what I'm talking about? Like, like sometimes, you know, I could, I, I could, I could, I, I need to do it more often, but I could take Anna out 
on a date. But if I ignore her the entire time that we're together, then I've kind of missed the point, right? And it's the same in the presence of God. If we gather together, we give Him praise, we worship Him, and yet we never experience His presence, we never respond to His presence, then we've missed the whole point. Hello? And so barriers stop us from identifying the things. And, and if you've just joined us today, you've just joined us online or, or um, this is your first week here and we, we just want to welcome you and thank you so much for coming, then the truth is this, is, is that we're, 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 you're kind of coming in at the tail end of this question of us working through what barriers stop us from responding to the presence of God. And, you know, we've talked about areas of our mind. We've talked about areas of our body. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, if we don't get enough sleep the night before, sometimes we don't want to turn up to church, right? <laughs> Hello? Yeah, everybody say, yeah, I get that. Sometimes, you know, your body might be sick or your body might be in need of healing and, 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 and you may not feel like spending time in the Word or, or singing worship to the Lord or or bowing your knee in prayer. That might be the case because, you know, God has given this this body. And, you know, even Jesus said, we're going to discover later on, that He said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, this flesh is just so limited, right? You know, I had this revelation that this year I'm going to turn 46. That is a revelation. All right, I know somebody's birthday was just yesterday. Well, it was probably a thousand, a hundred thousand people whose birthday was yesterday or more. But I know somebody yesterday, and like it was a revelation. <laughs> How was it, Brad? Uh, and so, <clears throat> and so, you know, 46, you know, I was talking with my brother who knows a little bit about, you know, eyeballs and, and op- optometry and things like that. And, and he said, yeah, you know, it's an amazing thing, the eyeball, when you hit 40, it just starts to go downhill. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I can see perfectly. No, no, I'm telling you. And you, see, and you see our body, our, you know, we have our body. Then we have our soul. So our soul is, you know, what we can sort of try and we can identify as our mind, our will and our emotions. And sometimes our soul doesn't really, you know, David, King David said it in the Psalms all the time. He said, my soul will praise the Lord. It's like this declaration of faith. I don't really feel like it, but soul, you better get your backside into gear and praise the Lord. My soul will praise the Lord. Right, and so there's this place of where of where uh, we have our emotions. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we don't feel like responding to the presence of God. Sometimes we wait until we feel the presence of God. But you see, the truth is, Jesus said, "Lo, I am with you always." So I think sometimes it's our awareness of the presence of God. Amen. And so you might just want to pray that right now. You just might want to say, help me, Holy Spirit, be more aware of your presence. Help me, Jesus, be more aware of your presence. And so we have been made in the image of God. And so we are a triune being. Our body we've spoken about, our soul we've talked about. But what about the issue of the human spirit? That is what... I'm going to attempt to tackle today. And this here, someone described as the final frontier of mankind. Because we can make a choice about our emotions. We can make a choice in our will. We can even discipline our body. But man, sometimes our spirit needs to just have a good Holy Spirit awakening saying, Holy Spirit, Awaken me to your presence. Help my spirit man respond to who you are. But you know, us humans are pretty special, aren't we? We are. Turn to the person beside you and say, you're pretty special. If, this is, if you're single and this is the first time and you think the other person's all right, just say, you're special pretty. Like... It was Valentine's Day just recently, wasn't it? Like, 
I worked out, I heard that uh, only, what, 14% of pickup lines all work? That one's not a, much of a, right. not a working one? <laughs> if I ask 100 people, at least 14 might say hello, you know what I mean? Anyway, so humans are the only real species to create languages, to build cities. I mean, ants build cities, they have a language, even bees have a language, but humans are unique in the sense that we can speak several different languages and communicate across cultures. And they can, we can actually move beyond the laws of nature. Anybody uh, heard of an aeroplane before, right? We harness that and we lift up into the sky and we've got wheels that turn around on cars. And, and uh, you know, it seems like, you know, Elon Musk has invented inventing something new. And uh, humanity can do all of these special things because of one particular reason. There is one particular reason why humans can create. It's because we were created by a creative God. And you see, when God said that, let us make man in our image, then we are made in the image of God in the sense that He creates and therefore we can also create. Hello? Have you seen a beautiful painting before or, 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 or somebody who knows how to use a camera take a beautiful photo and you go, man, look at that. That's just framed right. It's the focus is in. It's, you know, it's just the colours are perfect. That is because, not because a computer uh, was just miraculously able to do something, it is because a human being was able to tell it to. The creative power of humanity is just simply stunning and, and amazing. It's because God created us in the imago Dei. It's probably not how you say it, but it's a good Aussie attempt. And it's called, that's called the image of God. God creates people so people can create. And you see, God institutes order so people can institute order. We know that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You are in Christ. If you are, if you are in Christ, he has declared you to be a new creation. And before we dive into uh, the, the, where the spirit of man can be a barrier, can create a barrier, our spirit can create a barrier to resisting the presence of God is that we must understand first and foremost that we are a brand new creation. We have been, when we've said yes to Jesus, He has created, a, He's breathed into us brand new life. It's what's known and is what the world laughs at, a born-again Christian. We have been reborn into the knowledge of God, not just the knowledge of God, but the experience of who He is. So the spirit of man can create barriers that it stays self-centred rather than Christ-centred. Are you with me? You are right. But today... By no means am I trying to, or attempting to build theology and teaching around spiritual dimensions except to help you be aware that whilst you are a whole being, God has created a spirit within you that is part of who you are. Sometimes the spirit of man can hide itself from the Lord. You know, I find it interesting that in the Garden of Eden, you know, as soon as uh, Adam and Eve had sinned, the very, what, did, what was the very first thing they did? They hid from God because they understood their shame. They understood that they were naked. You know, so often 
when we walk in shame and, and we carry the things, of, the, 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 the things of the world or the things that have been done to us or, or the things that we have done that you know, ultimately sometimes we need to take ownership of and really you know, take it to the cross because all of that has been forgiven. You are forgiven. Jesus has forgiven you and bought your way. Anna taught beautifully on the Passover lamb. And that's how, and that's how we can come to God because the veil has been torn, the separation between the very presence of God and the very spirit of man, there is no longer any separation. None whatsoever. We have full access to the throne. Full access to Jesus. How good is that? But today, I'd like to point you in the direction of obliterating any barrier that your spirit yourself would create. Are you ready? So, I'm going to read a lot today, but I want you to hear the words that I, that I say because I, I, I want to I get things right. Is that cool? Because often, you know, often when I'm up here speaking and, and talking, you know, I'll be thinking something and then I listen back and I said, that's not what I meant. I'll be thinking something and speaking something completely different. <laughs> Happens to me all the time, doesn't it, babe? Hmm. It's very talented. I can do two things at once. I can think something and say something else. So, part of being made in the image of God also means having a bit of his character. God is spirit. So, mankind have, has spirits. The Bible asserts in Job chapter 32, verse 8, but it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand. What was one of the very true and very significant things that God did with Adam when he created? We taught about this. I, I taught about this several months ago in, in, in and around the area of new creation. Is that God knelt down. He would have had to stoop down from being upright, stoop down to Adam and he vayipach is the word that is used. It is this breath, it is this powerful breath as God breathed life into Adam's nostrils and he became alive. And it was the transference of the Spirit of God into Adam and he became alive. Adam had form, his body was formed, but he hadn't yet no life, right? And so it's this area of where in Job, but it says, but it is the spirit in man, small s, the breath of the Almighty that makes him understand, right? So God is spirit, and therefore we must connect with God with, with our spirit, the spirit of a person was put in them so they could connect with God and be like Him. Just as part of God's character is spirit, so people have a spirit, you have a spirit that endows them on the image of God. So what is a spirit? I'm glad you asked. When considering what it is that makes a human made in the image of God, the idea that God gave him a spirit and defining that is absolutely key. Everyone has a mind that allows them to think and reason. The heart helps people feel and connect. The Greek word for soul is psyche. It's where we get the word psyche from, which can also be translated as personality. The soul is the unique character traits attached to the part of the spirit in a specific body, mind and heart. The Greek word for the spirit is pneuma. It translates roughly to breath. That's that word, that, 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 uh, it's that inference of what we read in the book of Genesis. It is the living essence that connects the body, heart and mind and will return to God when a believer and a follower of Christ dies. The spirit is that which is eternal, 
in a person. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross in Luke chapter 23, verse 26, he said, Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. He committed his eternal spirit, which continued to exist, even though his body stopped functioning. At the resurrection, his spirit and his body reunited. I just, I just love, I love the resurrection of Jesus Christ, don't you? You know, Jesus is not dead, hello? You know, that's why we don't have a cross with Jesus still on it in the church. We have a cross to remind us of what Jesus did and the life that he bought for us, but he's not on it. Can you see him there? He's not on it. He raised again. Hello? And that's why Jesus is alive. That's why God is God and there's no other gods like him. The body will die, but the spirit will continue into the next life, either in heaven or in hell. Friends, hell wasn't made for sinners. Hell was made for the demonic. For the angels that turned against Yahweh, turned against God. But the unfortunate reality is this. Those that do not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, God in His mercy, they will not enter heaven. It's a solemn thought. It's a solemn thought. I believe we are in the end times. But whether we are or we are not, our friends and family need to know Jesus. And we pray that they do. Amen? Let's just in this moment... I, I, just, I just feel like we need to respond to that. Can we just lift up, just to spend a few, a few seconds right now, just lift up those that don't yet know the Lord in our homes and in our families and community. Father, right now, we just thank you for your presence. Jesus, we lift them up. Lord, we ask that you would send harvesters to the harvest field. Lord, for brothers, sisters, mums, dads, uncles, aunties, nephews, nieces. Lord, I ask, we ask you together. Lord, open their eyes to see you. Help them choose you, Jesus, and see you completely, Lord. Lord, we call for them to be saved. We call for them to be disciples of you and followers of you, Jesus. Lord, we ask you to prompt them to say yes to you fully and completely, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining in on that. Christians believe the body, the spirit and the body will be reunited one day, made perfect to live forever with God. The Bible asserts the spirit helps people know God is real and that when someone becomes a Christian, they testify of being a child of God. If you've said yes to Jesus... You are a child of God, a child of God. You know, when I, when I am a child of Bill and Robin Wyatt, right? Our founding pastors of the church here. I am a child. Therefore, because of nothing that I've done, all I had to do was live. <laughs> I'm part of their inheritance. Hello? I carry their name. Right? You are a child of God. Therefore, you have a heavenly inheritance. You carry and bear the name of God upon your heart and upon your life. Wow. That is a thought we're thinking of, yeah? But that's something that needs to get from our mind into our heart and from our heart deep into our spirit so that it is never, ever shaken or never, ever rocked. Hello? God is spirit. One of his persons in the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. 
You know, I would even go as, to far, as far as to say that, that his name is Holy Spirit. It's not a dis- the holy is not a description. <laughs> he is holy. <laughs> but it's like, good morning, Holy Spirit. It's not good morning, Spirit who is holy. <laughs> Hello? Over and over again, the Bible refers to God as spirit, even before the creation of the world. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the, 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 the Bible says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So when he breathed life into Adam, and we've already talked about this, something he only did to, to, for humanity. He never, God never breathed into the animals. He only ever, the Bible only ever talks about that God breathed into mankind, human beings. He gave Adam a spirit so that Adam could be truly in his likeness. He gave you a spirit so that you could truly be in God's likeness. Wow. That's why you can turn to the other person and say, you're very pretty today. And if you guys have an issue with being pretty, you're very handsome today. And if some ladies have a problem with being pretty, you can be handsome too if you like. But the truth is this, you're pretty darn good looking. And not only that, you're made in His image. Because we all know what's in the, on the inside that matters, right? There are other spirits. There's angels and demons. We've talked about that. And they exist in a spiritual capacity. They are eternal beings that wage spiritual warfare. They either obey or they disobey God and can make themselves present in the world, but are of it. Hello? There are demonic entities, fallen angels, that are at work around the world. You know, I, I talked to a gentleman once and, um, I, I, you know, I, he said, oh, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a pastor. He goes, ah. Oh. He goes, no, nah, God could never exist with all the atrocities around the world because if God truly loves man, then none of that would happen. And I said to him, look, I understand that. And man, you know, from your perspective, I could totally relate. But man isn't doing a very good job. <laughs> Would you think that man might cause some of this? He goes, well, yeah, absolutely. And I said, well, what's God got to do about it then? You see, we have responsibility. The Bible said that, the Bible said that to Adam and Eve, go and have dominion on the earth. We are to have dominion in a physical capacity as well as a spiritual capacity. God wouldn't call us to have dominion on the earth unless there was something to have dominion over. The earth we are custodians of. The earth is His. We are custodians of it. Hello? We carry responsibility to take care of it. But we also carry responsibility as believers and followers of Jesus Christ to have dominion over darkness, to have dominion over the demonic and the, and the entities that would seek to uh, impact the church and shrink the church and attack us personally or control the community, etc. Hello? If you thought the church was the love boat, it's not. It's a warship. I'm speaking straight today. Is that cool? The Bible encourages believers to use the Holy Spirit, prayer, obviously the Word, the Bible, and discernment to evaluate both the spirit of other people, that is the discerning of spirits, the gift, the spiritual gift, and sometimes potential supernatural spirits. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. I find it amazing over the years how many people have claimed to be Jesus. I mean, on one hand, it's incredibly funny, but on the other hand, it's incredibly sad. And the sad thing about it is 
that there are so many people that believe them. But the Bible talks about that there will be those that will come and they'll profess to be Jesus coming again. Let me assure you, if you are still on the face of the earth and Jesus comes back, you'll know about it. You will know about it. Hello? <laughs> you'll hear the trumpet sound. There'll be the earth, the sky will fill with the angels. I don't know how exactly he's going to do it, but let me assure you, you won't be left questioning. Was that just a bit too much pizza I ate last night or is that, you know? Hello? You'll know about it. All right. So what does the Bible say about the Spirit? Well, there is no one passage in the Bible which defines what the Spirit is, the Spirit of man is, aside from the very breath of the Almighty. There are verses that discuss it. And these verses are included in this, not exhaustive, but I'm just going to quickly shoot them off to you. Are you ready? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. We've already covered that. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 21. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes downward into the earth? There is a lot of people that have a lot of different beliefs about whether their pets go to heaven or not. We're not discussing that today. We're not doing that, all right? Is that cool? Our beloved Jenna, the Rhodesian Ridgeback, I don't know whether she's up there or down there. All I know is that she's wrapped in a blanket in mum and dad's place. Very deep in the ground. John chapter 4, verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Acts chapter 7, verse 59, you getting these scriptures? As they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Jesus, sorry, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. I just want to stop there. And I think it's very important that Stephen's spirit, even facing death and that persecution, he recognised and called Jesus for who he really was to him. He said, he just didn't say, yo, Jesus. It was Lord Jesus, my Lord and I think as Christians, sometimes we, we can just rattle off, Lord, Lord, Lord. But He is your Lord. Back in medi medieval times, the Lord was used a lot. Uh, why? Because there were people who had authority over you, who, who, who could help you live or help you not be living anymore. You see, there's, there's, this, there's this element of He is Lord Jesus. And Stephen in that moment said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Even Stephen in that moment understood, in that moment of death, receive my spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we, must, that we may also be glorified with him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So can the state of our spirit change? And remember, we're talking about barriers where we resist the Holy Spirit, where we resist the presence of God. My, my, my prayer is that there would be no resistance in my life to the presence of God. But you know what the truth is? There always is. There always is. But what I want to be able to do is just continually be refreshed in the presence of God. That's why King David, you know, wrote the psalm, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right That may, have, that may have been after the, him being caught out in a, in a horrific sin, but the point is not. The, the point is not the sin. The point is his response to God. 
Renew a right spirit within me. God, help my spirit be renewed because there is this daily need, friends. There is this daily need that our spirit needs to be renewed. We need more of Him each day. Because if we are truly in the last days, the Bible says that things are going to get pretty dark. But you know what? When darkness gets really, really dark, light looks good. <laughs> light shines. You don't have to be dark. Why? Because we're in that constant place of renewing. God, renew a right spirit, a right spirit. Renew my spirit, God, was the prayer of David. Okay. So God's spirit is perfect and unchanging. Man's spirit is influenced by sin, by struggles, by pain and by situations. Throughout the scriptures, the spirits of people are described in different states, often because it is a constant battle with the flesh. We went out to a place called uh, the Full Pantry out on Marunda Highway, Croydon, and, and like they've got some really great stuff. It's like, it's like because it's called the Full Pantry and everything seems natural, everything seems healthy there. <laughs> Even the freeze-dried milk chocolate strawberries. They're like I'm just having fruit, right? Fruit and beans. Cocoa beans. Dairy. Oh, dairy comes from, like it's all, it's all good, right? It's all good, right? Well, don't mention the sugar, but, you know, it's like it's, it's, it's awesome, right? I don't know why I brought that up. Oh, it would struggle with the flesh. And so, you know, we, we, you know, I walk in and I go, you know, you, you struggle with the bank balance because you pay for it, like, <laughs> at the counter. But, like, you know, you open those drawers and there's just piles of this goodness stuff and licorice and, and all of that. And, you know, the flesh wants those things, doesn't it? I'm in a constant battle. With my flesh. But you see, Mark chapter 14, verse 38 says, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Hey, we are already 50% of the battle won if we understand that. Is that, you know, often our flesh just needs to be, hey, stop it. that we step into that moment of where our spirit is being made alive. Paul encouraged believers in his letter to the Ephesians that a believer can have their spirit strengthened. It says this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says, That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit, in other words, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. How many have experienced times and moments of where you uh, don't sense the presence of God and you'd like to? Yeah? Okay. Me also, Right? And so, and so but, but we go, yeah, but Jesus, you said that you'd be with us always. And so, you know, I'm talking about an internal conversation here. Jesus, you said that you'd be with us always. And so, therefore, I anticipate and I hope and I pray that you're just with me. Paul says here that through faith, we would be strengthened. Whose faith? Our faith, our faith, our faith. So many times we become disillusioned with God. We question God. We question His presence. We question what He's doing simply because it is our faith that is running dry. But don't worry because Paul says that according to His riches of glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the work of the Holy Spirit, through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted 
and grounded in love. I want to assure you that when you are walking in love, as Christ defines love, the Spirit of God finds that so attractive. When you walk in that way, and you will be strengthened. You will be strengthened. That's why Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love one another. And he described it as how? As love one another, as I have loved you, Jesus said. Friends, love defines how we are to live. So, how do we overcome the barrier that our spirit, the spirit of man? I was, <clears throat> I've been reading the uh, diary of Frank Bartleman from the Azu, who was one of the founding fathers of the, the Azusa Street Revival. If you don't know what that is, the early 19th century, <coughs> um, early, sorry, 1900s, um, Azusa Street in Los Angeles, America, there was a uh, small group of people that experienced such a powerful move of God that it is said today, it is said today that most uh, charismatic and Pentecostal churches were birthed as a result of what happened there, Okay. And it was just an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's currently a, uh, um, a something significant and something quite profound going on at um, uh, uh, Asbury, um, Asbury in Kentucky. And, uh, and, but, but the truth is this, you know, that's what's getting media attention at the moment. Friends, there is revival happening all over the world. Okay. But as, yeah, you can praise God about that. Come on. Like, yeah, come on. <clears throat> But, uh, but uh, Frank Bartleman is, was, was, uh, was talking about, in, in his diary, about the significance that often he noticed that when the Spirit of God started to move in people's lives, that um, people found it difficult to relinquish control over to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that can be difficult, right? And as the Spirit breathes and as the Spirit moves upon uh, our lives, often there, there can be this place of, of, of I'm unsure, Holy Spirit, what you want me to do or, or I'm unsure where you want me to go or I'm unsure what you're doing in this moment and in this place. And sometimes I think because we're a little unsure, because we might be a little bit uncomfortable, that we, res we create that resistance and say, no, that's, that's far enough. But friends, I believe that, you know, God doesn't want us just to dip our toe in the water. It might start with that. But I truly believe that the, the toe dipped in the water turns into the ankle, turns into the knee, turns into the hip, turns into the Lord, have it all. Take it all, Lord. Because Jesus said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And for some of us, we, it comes in that, that decision, that decision that we just read before, that through faith, Sometimes we just need to have that moment and that place of, I believe in what you want to do in me, Holy Spirit. Help me never, ever create resistance. Help me lean in on you more so. Four quick points of how we reduce our resistance in our spirit. Number one, meditate on the word. Number two, we practice the word. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only. 
Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, be careful for nothing, be careful for nothing, but in everything. So in other words, care for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Number three, give the Word of God first place in your life. You want to know how to stop resisting the Holy Spirit? Allow the Word of God first place in your life. It's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning. It's the first thing you go to when you experience trouble. It's the first thing you do when you experience greatness. And what I'm saying is it's not just, oh, the first, okay, oh, look, you know, I won Tatsloto, let's open the Bible. I avoided a car accident, let's open the Word. What I'm saying is the Word, the Word is, is also Jesus, right? And when we experience a breakthrough, we can say, thank you, Jesus, it's our first response. Thank you, Jesus. And even if we hear somebody else's testimony, there's this place of thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Give the word first place. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 22 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes, looking at the word of God. Keep them. My words in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all flesh. And the fourth thing is this. This is the hardest. Are you ready? Instantly obey what the Holy Spirit says. Is that a big ask? Instantly obey. Because you know how many times do you think, oh, I think the Holy Spirit's telling me this. Nah. Nah, I don't think that's about right. Hello? Are you awake? Instantly obey. And you know what? God's okay if you get it wrong. He's okay with that. He's pretty big. He's been doing this a long time now. And you are in a safe environment. So you ready? Number one. Meditate on the Word of God. Number two, practice it. Don't be hearers, but doers. Number three, give the Word first place. And number four, instantly obey the voice of the Spirit. Instantly obey Him. Can we stand? We're going to pray and we're going to press in. I want to invite you right now that you know, amongst everything, we are asking the Lord for a move of His Spirit. Hello? We need a move of God in this city. And there are many places that He is breathing on. And this, I believe, is one of them. And I believe that as people, if we humble ourselves and we come into this place of God, I don't want any resistance in me. I don't want my body to resist. I don't want any area of my soul or my heart to resist. And I want my spirit to be one with you, Jesus. Friends, that is a beautiful, that is a powerful place to be. Sometimes we experience a, a spiritual buffeting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've had a tough week this week. It's been a really tough week. And it's like, and it's like everything that I've been speaking of, it, physically tough, emotionally tough, spiritually tough. This has been a really tough week. But I believe today there is breakthrough. But I believe today, as we come together and we say, yes, Jesus, take all of me, Jesus, every single part, 
Help me walk with you. This is why Jesus said that He must go so that the Holy Spirit, the Helper, can come and indwell in us, making our spirit come alive. That our spirit man would outweigh our soul and our soul would outweigh our body. That Romans 8 comes alive and it says, live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. So let's pray. Father, thank You that You sent Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus, to die upon the cross, to remove all resistance and barriers, that we are forgiven when we come to You for forgiveness, Lord. Your Word says that You are faithful to forgive. So in this moment, in this holy moment, Lord, would You create a clean heart? Would You renew Your Spirit, renew our spirit, within us, Lord, that we would be made alive, that Holy Spirit, You would breathe upon us, empowering us to walk in love, empowering us to walk in power. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.